I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready for another day of another fine episode of the non-existent podcast that still bothers to do end-of-the-year shit. Welcome back yeah. to the Album Listening Club's Top 10 Albums of 2018. I am your adorable and oh-so-cuddly host, Polly. And uh, I'm your bitter and resentful host, Taylor. Yeah, this is a good, it, good dynamic we have. This is, yeah... What's that? What's that called in weeb speak? Oh. Bokeh and Sukomi. Boke, yeah, I think that's it. Straight guy and dumb guy. Yeah, we're we're those. Like I'm. Although ni- neither of us are straight or dumb, though. Yeah, that's real weird. How that works. Or a guy. Or a guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Weird. <laughs> Fucking the comedy. Best part, the best part is, I think we're both sober right now. Yeah, actually, not. I'm not in any kind of altered state at all. I did just pour myself a beer for this segment, well, but I, it won't get. But it won't get me too buzzed. Well, that's good. That's good because we're we're getting ready to dive right in. We're gonna pick up where we left off. I'm I'm gonna throw a number five at you. And we're gonna see what you think. Are you ready? Yeah, give us give us your five finger discount, Polly. <laughs> oh well, I'm I'm just wait. Well, my number five is five finger death punch. No, 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 nobody <laughs> ever. No, nobody ever. ever. Good God, <laughs> it's like ah. one of the ugh. God, even just saying that left this awful taste in my mouth. I think I do need to be inebriated now. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> number five. Polly's reeling it in here again because Taylor was so callous, so mean. Threw it right <laughs> overboard. Threw it overboard right from the start. Hurt my little feelings, but I'm going to pull it in and let it know that I love it, even if Taylor doesn't. Death Grips, Year of the Snitch. I mean, I bought it on vinyl, so... <laughs> <laughs> I know, it was just one of those years where it's like, ouch, I gotta make the cuts that hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Death Grips, Year of the Snitch. Like, it's just, like, I think that it's great that Death Grips continues to be this wildly experimental thing while still having, like, this accessibility. Because, like, Death Grips is not as weird and inaccessible, I think, as people like to make them out to be. They're not blacky, for instance, where that can just be a little too left field for me sometimes where there's just not a lot of structure and not a lot of sense to be made from the chaos that's happening. I think that Death Grips yeah. kind of pulls those things in a little bit, has some restraint. And I thought that this album, uh, while while I think it's weaker than uh, Bottomless Pit, I still like that it's this just like unapologetic, messy thing that um, just, it, it still does good things for my ear holes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, in terms, of, in terms of Death Grips abrasion, I mean, it's not like listening to the first clipping album. <laughs> oh yeah, that like yo got an alarm clock for a beat. That's it. Which is brilliant and horrible. It, yeah, it's brilliant and horrible <laughs> at the same time. I think I played that for Rhett once, and he was just like, "I don't even know what you fucking people listen to anymore. I'm gonna go listen to my awful Dream Theater albums." Ah, <laughs> uh, which uh, is. Which, which I, is I, a lot. Yeah, I can't which say is that. a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, like it's basically anything released after two thousand three. <clears throat> uh, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. When did when did Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence come out again? <laughs> uh, ninety eight, I think, or was that two thousand? I don't remember. That's a great album though. I like it a lot. 
I think the last album. I think the last album I really truly liked of theirs was Octavarium. So, yeah. So what was so what was your Death Grip song and why is it Black Paint? <laughs> oh, it's not Black Paint. I chose Linda's in custody because I just love the goopiness of it. It's just that is also a highlight track. Yes. Yeah. It's just it's so slimy. It's not. It's you know it's not typically what you expect from Death Grips. Where you know people I, I say Death Grips and I think everybody thinks oh black angry shouty guy, and like <laughs> no that's that's not that's not all they are. Like this is just like a great goopy like low key track that's got a great sound to it. Listen to it with headphones. It's got a lot of cool layering going on. I just really like the production on this one a lot. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's just great. Death Grips, Year of the Snitch, Linda's in custody. Get the bitch out. Trust me, trust me, you know as well. We purge herds of young cell. We nurse the worm until it swells. First to nail, curse to fail. Trust me, trust us, we know you will. God come crashing through like this. Make your passions taste so stale. Cobwebs turn your inside pale. Significant atmosphere. Look, Kino, worn out my gear. Cast a graph, perhaps I'll swear. My grips may leak, but can't congeal. Word, yeah, you know the drill. Tooth last red up on a lonesome tail. Tooth last drop on economic scales. Compromise your position, become theirs.
So Taylor. Yes. You, you got. You, this is this is the the greatest day ever. We're we're throwing out the five best, and you've you've got to have a number five ready. You've got like you you set us up yesterday. For yeah. we got some expectations coming. So let's let's go. All right. So incidentally, uh, Linda's bail cost me five hundred dollars. Ooh, ouch. That's why. That's that's Hold why. On. That's why we're handling the the the, the track picking <laughs> the way we are this year. Yeah. So um. Uh, my number five is Cult of a Dying Sun by Uwada. I'm not familiar. <laughs> yeah, I think all of my painful cuts were overlap tracks, and I just replaced them with a bunch of obscure extreme metal bands. <laughs> I did it on purpose. Uh, so, uh, Uwada is a black metal band from Portland, Oregon, who I was aware of for a while. This is their second album, and this is sort of their... I'm going to call this their big coming out party because um, sort of the trend in American black metal uh, ever since Wolves in the Throne Room did it in like 2005 was to have these big sprawling epic songs where everything is just drenched in chorusing and reverb. Oh boy. And to just, and couple that with black metal's tendency to just bury vocals in the mix. Yeah. It, it it's really you know it, it kind of made every American black metal band sound exactly the same. Yeah, that's kind of my problem with the genre. So and but Awada has a couple of interesting features. One, uh, the album doesn't sound like it was recorded on a fish. Oh, good. That's that's a good start. <laughs> uh, two, the vocals are nice and present mm -hmm. the guitars are sort of more like a classic black metal vibe of punishingly dry mm. but what but the big thing that iwata understands about making music is that uh you have to be able to write good songs which is what nobody who rips off wolves in the throne room ever fucking gets mm -hmm. <laughs> but iwata they managed to they have just a really strong songwriting acumen and just really punchy, impossible to get out of your head guitar riffs on top of all of the black metalness of it all. Hmm. And they put on an excellent live show. Now, of course, th that being said, uh, this is what this is an album of one of the more ponderous lengths. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> so, um, if. 55 minutes over seven songs doesn't sound like your cup of tea because it's black metal. Yeah, and again, fine. that's about what again, I would expect. Oh, and again, Uwada is good about having some degree of dynamic variance. Dynamics to the music. and variety. Like if you see, that's the thing. It's like most black metal I tend to run across doesn't have variety, and that's kind of why the genre just does not click with me. Yeah, I mean, I will say that. I definitely don't listen to nearly as much black metal as I used to because I'm tired of... <laughs> I mean, that wasn't anything specific, but how many black metal songs does that sound like? Uh, every single one I've heard, probably. Alright, so... Uwada, on the other hand, actually has riffs and songwriting and not just endless tremolo picking. <laughs> okay, I like that. So, uh, the the song I've chosen is uh, 
this was sort of like a flashbulb moment for me where I realized, holy shit, this band's actually really good. They also have a super intense live performance because it's all just fog white lights and they have like obscured ring wraith faces. Oh, that's super cool. But uh, although unlike a lot of bands that conceal their identities like that, uh, I, I was talking I was talking to them science side stage after the show while we were waiting for all pigs must die. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. They're they're interesting people. They hated Las Vegas. Oh well, I, I, as and do I, most people I, that live there. I'm guessing. Uh, well, the problem I have with people who say that in this context, and like what you hate is all of the drunk Southern Californians who came out for this. Show. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. <laughs> because point. you're on the because you're on the strip. You're not out in the in the endless suburban sprawl that is Greater Las Vegas area. Mm. So the song I chose is called Snakes and Vultures, and it's a very sing-alongable, soaring chorus kind of thing, and it works over many... It kind of has almost like a Nine Inch Nailsian thing where it's verse, chorus, verse, then ponderous instrumental, but then Owada kind of brings it back around at the end and has another chorus to sing you out. Okay, okay. What I'm saying is that this song is 9 minutes and 30 seconds long. So strap in. <laughs> strap in, guys, because you're in for some longer ones now. All right. We're good. But it's this song is so fucking catchy. <laughs> it's a catchy black metal song. Wada, <laughs> Cult of a Dying Sun, Snakes and Vultures. And here we go.
that well, wasn't that fun, guys. That was brilliant, in fact. Like, I'm sitting here astonished. Like, I my thoughts on black metal have been changed anew. Like, I'm I'm seeing the light here. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not it, bullshitting it, this at all. Interestingly, their previous album was called Devoid of Light. Oh, well, that's definitely what you would call a black metal album, I think. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. You know, there's... For a while, they were trying to make something a thing called unblack metal, which was basically black metal but with Christian themes. Oh my god! Religion, and I'm like, you, need you know, to be stopped. And I'm, and I'm like, you know, here's my big problem with Christian music: they only ever sing about one thing. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of like a, a thing. I remember like the rap critic did a video about Christian rappers, and he that was kind of his main thing. Is it was just like. If you're trying to spread this positive message, there are more ways you can do that than just being like, yo, God's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> Incidentally, the wrestler who keeps getting kicked in the dick this year also claims to be able to school anyone in the history of Christian rap. Oh, wow. That's that's a weird thing. He's a, well, he's a super religious southern white boy, so. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Perfect yeah. for wrestling. Hey, at least hey, at least he's in WWE, so he can't call his opponents faggots while he's wrestling them anymore. Oh my god! Tell me that's not actually a thing. No, that's true. <laughs> oh when wow! He, when he was in total nonstop action wrestling as a younger man, that is totally a thing he used to do. Oh wow! That's really inappropriate. I think it was to get cheap heat, but come on, there's better ways of getting a crowd to boo you. Yeah, that's real, that's real, uh, that's real just, 2018 there. Yeah, which is, which is really, which is also why I don't watch WWE much anymore, because, you know, they're using Roman Reigns' cancer in storylines. Ooh! Ooh! And Stephanie McMahon came out on TV and said, you know, dismemberment is a corporate liability. Wow, yeah. wrestling's gross. Yeah, have I mentioned that Linda McMahon is in the Trump administration? Oh, God, we need to move on. Fuck this shit. Like, the more I hear, like, I, I could laugh at wrestling, and now I'm starting can, to get less laughy about it. Can you see why there's so much really angry heavy metal on my fucking top ten this year? Starting <laughs> to catch it, starting to catch it, starting to catch it. I got number four. We're moving up. Here we go. We're getting closer and take closer. Us, Hotter as we take, go. Take me out of reality for a second, Take please. Take me out of reality. I can do just that. In fact, I can I can tell you all about an album that is all about taking you out of reality and putting you in a place that is dark, hopeless, and you have no chance of escaping. And we're going to take you on a wild space adventure while you're there. What do you say to that? Does that, that sound uh, like something that would help? I think I know what you're getting at, so yes. <laughs> My number four is Coheed and Cambria's Vaxis Act One, The Unheavenly Creatures. Um, this one, it's a little dense. It took me a bit. It, it took me like three or four listens to kind of for, for this album to click. But I think I, I will. I'm hmm? oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, I think the thing that actually helped me kind of get into this album, though, was that 
was sort of understanding its concept a little more, which is weird because the concept, I don't really give a crap about any of Coheed's concept stuff, honestly, if I'm being honest. I'm here for the music and that's it. But I I usually tell people that the version of the Coheed and Cambria story told in the lyrics that exists in my head is better than what Claudio actually writes in his comic books. So. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what I get is that he writes X-Men in space. With lots of Star Wars. <laughs> and plus lots of Star Wars. But what helped is that, like, this this is an album that is depicting a really dark, hopeless, and, and just, like, desolate place where hope goes to die, basically. And sort of understanding that, it, it, it kind of helped me understand why this album kind of has more of a mid-tempo kind of just, like, sticking it, like, right there. We've got it dialed into this tempo that we want to keep it at. And I feel I feel that this is the one time a concept has actually helped me appreciate an album a lot more. Um, yeah, a privatized prison system in 2018—that's not topical or anything. Yeah, weird, huh? It, yeah. It, it's just like how poignant that was when I finally keyed in on that and kind of just like you know, like it helped me kind of like connect with the music a lot more and and, and just like the overall darker tone of the album. And, 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 like, at the end of the day, it's just like, you know what? I would put this album beside Go to Paula Volume 1 if you had a gun to my head, probably. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I believe I released my super controversial Coheed Albums ranking, and I put this at number two. Yeah. Like, I, I think that, like, this is an album that would deserve to go that high. Like, I think that part of this album is still digesting with me, which is why it's probably not higher, and which is why I haven't really like solidified where it is in my overall coheed list um i will i will say that listening to this album felt like in 2005 when i was listening to good apollo for the first time and being that i was a much younger person back then it took me a while to crack that nut because it was kind of unlike anything i had ever heard before mm. I had the same thing with this album as an adult with the same band. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just it's really dense. There's a lot of material here. Like there is no like slow intros and little interludes or anything. This is like 79 minutes straight of mid-tempo music that's got its own course of dynamics, but it's still kind of staying in this one place. Um, and they really want you to feel it. And it does a good job of that, I think. And uh, the track it shows is uh, the one that I think kind of represents this place the most is uh, The Gutter. Just Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> just a really great track that kind of, like, takes you on a little journey. Like, it's got a nice progression to it, start to finish. It kind of, it kind of like, starts leading into the end of the album a bit. Um, but, yeah, this is just... Like, it, it's Coheed and Cambria. You can rarely go wrong with them, I think, at this point. They put out an album that's probably going to be on our lists at some point. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. there it is. My number four is Coheed and Cambria's Vaxus Act 1, The Unheavenly Creatures. Welcome to the gutter. These stars will let you know It's over Now if I had my way I would leave you here To waste your final days Buried beneath 
should This was not my fault And time is getting short So I'll be here if you want me
all your mothers. I love that line. That line is so good. <laughs> I love it. Don't Such let me catch song. you hiding under the covers. <laughs> it's your last chance, honey. Better call your mother. It's such a good like, like that is so good. This is one of those iconic Coheed things. It's just yeah. Yeah, I want that mask, but I don't really listen to CDs anymore, and the mask doesn't come with the vinyl edition. Nope, motherfuckers, it doesn't. <laughs> you bastards. <laughs> so what do you got? You got a number four for us because I think my four was pretty strong. Yeah. Um. You know how I said that there were bands this year that did the sleep thing better than Sleep did? Yes, I do. Well. Chemist was one of them mm -hmm. from last time. Uh, this one actually features the guitarist from Sleep. It's Electric Messiah by High on Fire. This album's real good. Uh, yeah, if you just if you want a band that will just kick your ass for like an hour on end with that kind of slowish, sludgy Black Sabbath by way of Motorhead nonstop metal assault, then look no further than High on Fire. Yeah, this this album's really good. It didn't make my list, unfortunately, but yeah, I really like this album. The production is also really good, so it's, still, it's like it's as crisp as you want this kind of music to be while still maintaining a lot of that muddiness that keeps it uh, to having that signature sound. Yep, hey, just... 40-year-old guitar amplifiers turned all the way up. That's how you do it. <laughs> yep. Real easy to record that shit. Yeah, just, you know, uh, buy your dynamic ribbon microphone here and there. <laughs> We're getting too technical. Anyway, my song choice is Steps of the Ziggurat slash House of Enlil. Yes! Which is another nine-minute-long song, but it's this really interesting sort of progression through these two distinct movements within one piece that is kind of like some really savvy songwriting from high on fire yeah i really really enjoyed this track yeah it's just yeah this just listen to it you'll see what i mean yeah, you're you we're going on another journey high on fire is the acdc of doom metal in a lot of ways yeah yeah and i think that and i think you'll see what we mean
<laughs> yeah. I have no shame about making goofy guitar noises. Hey, like, I work in a studio, and I people do this all the time. <laughs> no, Could you run it, it back to the da-da-da-da-da-da-da part? Like, I, <laughs> I speak studio, okay? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, the only time I was the only time I've actually run a session, I was also in the I was also playing an instrument. That Ooh. was a lot of multitasking. Yeah, I've had to do that I, before too. I'm sitting at the desk with the bass. <laughs> yeah, like I have to run in, record drums, come back out. <laughs> uh, that was fun. Anyway, Polly, I believe we're approaching in on the top three motherfuckers oh this is where it's all yeah like it's all straight fire from here like there's there's not if you had any doubt before like seriously like you're gonna want to get a fan turn your shit up on fire like we're on fire from here on oh yeah my number three is probably the second album this year that i heard and immediately thought oh that's that's uh, that's album of the year (laughs) material right there already like you can't can't fucking touch it it, it is an album that is, let's see, it's like, it's like aggressive, it's vulnerable, it's extravagant, it's sensual. It is Janelle Monae's Dirty Computer. So, Polly, guess what? What? My number three is also Dirty Computer by Janelle Monae. That's a real, like, man. This is Janelle Monae's don't give a fuck statement. If there was ever any doubt with any of her previous works before, like the shit she is tackling on this album is real shit. Like, yeah. and she's going straight for the jugular in like in the ways that nobody has the balls to. Like, just from, uh, just from the ra- systematic racism to you know the freedom to express one's sexuality to homophobia to just like. And usually when an artist is trying to cover so many bases at once on an album, they can spread themselves so thin. But she is literally cutting to the heart of the matter and cutting to the meat of every single topic she nails on this album. Yeah, she just, she hits you right in the feels, goddammit. <laughs> every single track is a winner. Like, yeah. you can't I'll... pick a bad one. Well, um... Pink is kind of tainted for me ever since Grimes became a corporate fucking shill. Okay, yeah, I I get that. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But it's still... It's, it's a real, good song. It's a real sexy song. Yeah, and just think, this is the album that gave us um, living proof that Zoe Kravitz has some fucking fire bars, goddammit. I did not expect that! It's just <laughs> so out even... of nowhere! Has she ever even released a, released music before? I've only don't... known her as an actor. Yeah, that's like, and it's just like, okay, like you see that feature, and I'm like, okay, what what's she gonna do? Uh, uh, surprise, surprise! Screwed is my pick for um, this uh, this uh, this particular album. Uh, God damn it! <laughs> so uh, Taylor gets to reassess on the fly. I mean, what's you... your backup? <laughs> I got the juice. I got the juice. That, that's try funny. to grab this. Try to grab my pussy. This pussy grab you back. My God, just she's like, and she says this shit without any fucking like reservations at all. And like, yeah, no, this this is a sexy album. <laughs> it is sexy, and like, and if you want a track that really cuts to the fucking heart of things, the this track, this album's closer, Americans, is oh, yeah. in fucking credible that is a song you listen to first and you go ah uh-huh 
and then you listen to it again and read the lyrics, it's like, oh, shit. That song makes me feel the same way that Triple X from Kendrick Lamar's Damn made me feel. Yeah, that song. (laughs) It's like, I didn't want to put that as a pick because I want, like, I think that that is an album you have to experience front to back and then have that moment. And I didn't want to rob, I didn't want to put that moment out of context because I think that it is a perfect capper to an amazing album. <laughs> yeah, it it totally is. This album's real good, yo. Fresno will be sad it wasn't our number one, but yeah. <laughs> but hey, being top three is no slouch at all. So number three for both of us, Janelle Monae's "Dirty Computer." First, we're gonna hear "Screwed," and then we're gonna hear "I Got the Juice." So just how buckle many, up. How many damn times I got to tell ya? I got the juice.
myself who's screwing you. Hundred men telling me cover up my areolas while they blocking equal pay, sipping on their Coca Colas. Fake news, fake boobs, fake food. What's real? Still in the matrix, eating on the blue pills. The devil met with Russia, and they just made a deal. We was marching through the street, they were blocking every pill. I'm tired of whole tapes trying to tell me how to feel. For real. Girl, it's tough as shit. Can't nothing else fuck with it. Yeah, press, please, dead fresh, squeeze juice. There can never be a supplement. Yeah. I got juice for all my lovers. Got juice for all my wives. My juice is my religion. Got juice between my thighs. Now ask the angels, baby. My juice is so divine. Ain't no juice quite like yours. Ain't no juice quite like mine. If you try to grab my pussy, got this pussy grab you.
so I guess we're throwing back to me again. Yep. <laughs> Weird how that works. But now, yeah. now I'm all randy after that all that Janelle Monet we just had to, you know, just, oof, oof, real. Just, you know, got it going for the number two. Number yeah. two is another album that just kind of like when it came out, it was just like, oh, okay, this is album of the year list material already. That, yeah. Like one listen it was just like, that's enough. That's all I need. I know that that's going to be on my end of the year list. And to no surprise at all, here it is. My number two is Prickel from Ghost. So, Polly. Oh, my God. Tell me Ghost is not your number two as well. <laughs> Prequel by Ghost is totally also my number. <laughs> this is perfect. Like <laughs> this could not have been more fucking perfect. We do not plan these in advance. No, we totally don't. It's we, like we make my- these lists separately, and when we get to here, we just try to surprise one another, and like our three and two, right there with one another. Oh no! I mean, you even talk about you even talk about this shit more on Twitter. I do. I didn't even tell my friend my top 10 is gonna be that's crazy yeah like i talked about a lot of the shit that's on my list on twitter you know just kind of casually mentioning albums that are like oh this was a real good album and i, I like i did a, a list where i was like listing all of my cuts things mm-hmm. like that but yeah so how about perkel how do you feel about this album oh man it's is is it not prequel i've heard him pronounce it perkel oh okay well, Prakel, it's damn. <laughs> like, if you thought that Ghost was going to be that band that kept making Opus Eponymous, you got left in the dust, you know, when with, <laughs> with the last record, okay? Like, these, yeah. like, Ghost is on something entirely different now. Yeah, it's just, they are establishing themselves as a new force in the world of hard rock and heavy metal. <laughs> yeah, like, this is, like, g- like pop gothic metal that just, like, it's got the musicianship and quality behind it. Like, this isn't just, like, thrown-together bullshit. Like, every note is labored over. Like, every little thing. Like, this album, from front to back, it's vi- it's got a very theatric feel to it. Um, yeah like it just flows from start to finish and like every time it ends i'm just like yeah i'm playing that again and again an album that feels set that feels quite topical in 2018 oh god yeah pretty much straight out of the gate (laughs) yeah like yeah like, like, like like tobias forge is kind of a fucking genius yeah, yeah like, he's he can be a bit of a prick, but god damn it, he's too good. Yeah, like there's just so much good shit. So so what did you pick? I'll let you pick that way. I'll I'll let you take your pick this time that way if I have to cuz I know what I'm doing, uh, but I'll, I'll let you pick your track first. What's your track? So, for me it was between Witch Image and Faith, and I'm going to go with Faith. <laughs> ah, that's a good fucking track. Yeah. That was my backup. Also, yeah, also not for nothing, a really good band live, just so as oh, you know. Oh, yes, yes, they, oh. they back it up, they back it up, absolutely. Yeah. Two and a half hours of Ghost, and I want to say that might be the loudest crowd I've ever been in, and I took a measurement. Yeah, yeah, you were you were taking uh, measurements and posting them on Twitter, it was really good. Yeah, right, like... I, always do, I always do that because I find it interesting, but... <laughs> I only see this band getting more and more... 
popular as it goes. Like, I think that they've really found the niche that needed to be filled yeah. with this music, and I'll be, and I'm glad that it wasn't just Opus Eponymous again. Yeah, it's, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even Meliora again. No, it's, this is very, like, I was taken aback with just how poppy this album was when I first heard it. Yeah, I mean, Dance Macabre is basically just a Kiss song. Yeah. Oh my god, that fucking chorus. <laughs> I wanna be with you in the witch. moonlight. Bewitch. Oh. oh my god. It's so oh. punny and good. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I went, oh, I went I a different direction. <laughs> I went a different direction with the track that I chose. Because on this album of great uh, music and, and, and some fantastic <laughs> lyrical themes... There are instrumentals that are also very, very good. And oh, this is un- this is unanticipated. I don't think you've ever chosen an instrument. I don't before. think I have in all of the time that we've done this. But I think that like the instrumentals on this album are really good, and I really want them to kind of be a little more highlighted than I think they get because I think that a lot of people were really disappointed that two of the tracks were instrumental, and I thought these really help tie both sides of this album together, though. They give and they it, play the, and they play them live too, so they're obviously important. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that it just proves further that like how talented a musician Tobias Forge is in, in being yeah, able to write and arrange all of this. Yeah, and if it's, uh, and he basically confirmed, uh, at least as far as the guitars go, I think he brings in a studio drummer, but the guitars and bass are all him. Yes, yes. So yeah, um, he's definitely. He's showing the chops off now. Yeah, yeah. It's I, and you know, like you know, regardless of what the politics behind the whole band thing is, like I can't really let that affect my love of music. Yeah, I mean, here's my position on that. That's just a business conflict. Yeah, you know, he didn't rape like, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> You know, he's not he's not a Nazi murderer. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like Burzum, for example. Exactly. So the instrumental I chose is from the second half of the album, and I'm going to pray that our one Swedish listener doesn't kill me for this, even though she gave me a pronunciation. Uh Helvedes Funster. No, that's pretty close. Uh it's very, very good. I love this. Like this was like when when I got this album and I spun it the first time, I sent the instrumental tracks to Rhett. Just because it was just like, okay, you like proggy, crazy, really good instrumental stuff. Here you go. Here are these. You probably won't like the rest of the album, so I'll just send you these two. <laughs> so we're going to go with Faith, followed by Helvetes Funster from Ghosts Perkel, the number two official album of 2018. It translates to Hell Forest. Yeah. 
And here we are. Here we are again. The big one. The, the big showstopper. The showstopper. I think I got an idea on yours now. I think <laughs> you... I got you locked down. You may just. Yeah, I think I think I might have done so, but process of elimination. But I wonder if wonder if mine might be a surprise, or 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 maybe I've mentioned it enough throughout the course of the year that maybe maybe somebody caught on. It's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Uh, I'm sure it'll make sense when I hear it. I have no idea. What to say though. <laughs> All right, my album of the year is Taboo by Denzel Curry. Yeah, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> yeah, um, Denzel Curry is a rapper uh, out of the Florida scene. I've been following him since the first major mixtape that he dropped, uh, Nostalgic 64, and that was back in 2013. Mm-hmm. And he's released a lot of material up until this point, and every time I kind of feel like he just misses the mark by a little bit. Uh, the last album uh, in 2016 was Imperial, and it came close. But it just kind of falls off at the end. And I think that that has to do with the fact that he is a very energetic and intense kind of person. And a lot of his older material, there's not a lot of range to how he's approaching topics. It's got a very boisterous kind of uh, amped up feel to it. And he's real good at that. Uh, And with Taboo, I feel that he has released a career-defining album. Oh, wow. Jesus Christ, this guy's younger than I am. He's fucking 23 years old. <laughs> he's, um, the, he's the same age as my younger brother. What the fuck did I do with my life? <laughs> what have we done? What have we what, what have we done? And look at where we're at. We're fucking having podcasts talking about people that are 23 years old, and they're out fucking playing shows in Europe, selling out. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Uh, let's... <laughs> so maybe I'll have to give this... Maybe this will be one of those sort of like the Raekwon collaboration from, was that last year? I think that was last year, Banks and Steels. Yeah. When yeah, that I thing's real to, good. When we both found out about it because Boner liked it enough to name it number one and we're like, oh, fucking goddamn it. How yeah, did like, we miss this? How did we miss that? And I remember when I was like putting the track on, like doing the editing process and I listened to it, it was like, oh my God, we've made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, this is a career-defining uh, uh, defining album. He's found a a a, um, a balance between being able to approach the topics that he wants to approach, and in terms of just like in terms of an artist, he's found more variety to his sound, whether that be through the beats he chooses or through the way that he chooses to kind of vocalize his feelings on things. And uh, I mean, the album runs the gamut from like, I don't do drugs. I was molested. Um, Like he tackles a lot of things that as a rapper, you probably, you're supposed to not be, you're not cool if you tackle those kinds of things. Um, And he does so with a vibrancy and, and just like this motherfucker made me like an auto tune ballad. Okay. And oh, I, I hate auto-tune ballad. The first fucking single that was released from this album was called Clout Cobain. And, oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> and it's a fucking auto-tune ballad, and I was so mad, because I was like, I wanted him to get more variety, but this, what the fuck are you doing? 
And then the album comes out, and like within the context of the album, it makes a lot of sense where that song's sitting, and it's just like, I like that song a lot now. But um, <laughs> it's just like, motherfucker! But like, this is an album that I still cannot put down. Like, I still spend this album like three or four times a week. Just, I can't stop listening to it. And I think that he's probably the, like... If I had to guess, I would I, I, I would almost put money on the fact that, like, in five years' time, this guy's going to be uh, as big of an influence as Kendrick Lamar is, just because I think that he's out there doing so much of his own thing, and he's established so much of his own identity that it's not, like, a me too. Like, he's not putting out, like, the same kind of bullshit that everybody else is. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of substance to what he's saying there's a lot of skill involved in what he's doing. He cares about lyricism. Uh, it's just, the dude's incredible, and I think Taboo is the album that is going to define where he reached, like, maturity as an artist. And I am just, I, I cannot wait to see where this guy goes from here. Yeah. Um, and the album, uh, and the song that I chose from the album is Sirens, just because it's my favorite track on the album. What do you want? Like, it's just, like, <laughs> I, I could have chose any of the up-tempo, kind of, like, going off crazy shit. Uh, but I chose one of the more laid-back, kind of, easing into it. And it also uh, has a feature from J.I.D., who just missed being on the list. Uh, I, was, so, I was about to say, didn't he get cut? <laughs> yeah, J.I.D. got cut. So, I, hey, he's, he's on the album of the year, though. So that's still pretty big props. Um, and it's a great song. Uh, just It tackles a lot of the shit that, you know, you're going to, like that I mentioned earlier. So, yeah, uh, that is my album of the year, Denzel Curry's Taboo. Here's Sirens. I'm just 
mask gon' cover my head. I need to duck and I move. I Look. bust a move when uh, I find a way to get on and get up and get out the crib. I was just looking into the mirror, trying to dislocate my fear. Cause you broke my heart, let me dry my tears. So serious, I'm so neglected in the wrong direction with a long direction. Got no protection, but it's fucked the world. Would you bend it over being oversensitive? But did I mention that my real intentions are really me dealing with the consequences? And I see your tone is very condescending when I talk to you, but no, you won't admit it. And I pity the fool, been trying to vent, but you ain't trying to hear it. Like I'm not a hero, but you gotta hear it. Just stop rushing me off to the side. I'll say, can you see a hundred dead bodies in the street? Body does early light doubles right in a RPT. So proudly, lights gleam at the gun blow in the nighttime of the slum house. Little drum bone with the 1000. Come, come, hit it, come. This ain't what I envision. What is what? What is Gus? When you don't have intuition, not a saint, not a sin. Tell me what's my real religion? Genocide, genesis. They say it's a new beginning. I'm a sinner, you a sinner. I can see the devil grinning. Damn. And Taylor. Yes. I leave it to you to wind down this great year of 2018 with your number one pick. Album Oda Year. What you got? Well, first, just because I want to have some comedy in this podcast, <laughs> I would I would like to give out some dishonorable mentions. Okay, let's go. <laughs> All right, so uh, whatever Lowe's new album fucking called, and the album and the album Honey by Robin, Ugh. like. Those, like, if you look on Metacritic, those are, like, apparently in the top five albums of the year, like, aggregated across all top ten lists or whatever, and all I can say is, you people are fucking idiots. What are you listening to? Robin sounds like fucking Katie goddamn Perry, but 20 years older. Ew. And Lowe always has been and always shall be boring hipster bullshit as yep. i said on twitter yep I'm... and i've already i've already bitched about it but sumax love and shadow was a really boring album from a band i really like mm. uh but we're not gonna talk about that now because we're gonna talk about my number one top best album of 2018 you probably have guessed it already it's vaxus act one the unheavenly creatures by coheed and cambria totally deserving yeah i have listened to this album non-stop since it came out <laughs> yeah like it's uh, like that and like like my top three albums are literally never leaving my playlist <laughs> yeah like between yeah between pre-cal dirty computer and this album this is like a remarkable chunk 
yeah. of my listening in this in this year. <laughs> so I feel like we said a lot about this album already, but I'm gonna make a few more comments. Go again, for it. this out al- again this album is a slow burn. It's really long. <laughs> yeah, it's literally C D length. Like it is seventy nine minutes. Yeah, it's it's as much as you can fit on a single C D. Yeah. <laughs> so that being said, the more you kind of listen to it and the more you immerse yourself in it, everything slowly starts to make sense. Mm-hmm. And once it starts to make sense, you start hearing every song in a different sort of way. And you realize that, holy shit, Coheed and Cambria just made an amazing fucking record. Yeah, like, it's... It, it it is hard to ride that line between prog and like just traditional pop rock music the way they do mm-hmm. but this is one of the finest examples of being able to do that yeah and if i was being more in character i may have been closing us out with black sunday but nope my favorite song on the album is actually old flames and that's the one we're about to hear that's yeah it's, it that is like the climax the the true climax of the album before well that unfortunate last track <laughs> eh, i don't i don't, I don't hate just... lucky stars i just hate that it's a fade out yeah, for those of you who may be unaware, Polly really hates Fade Out. Oh, they bug me so much. <laughs> but, uh, we're... Yeah, I mean, I honestly feel like the mood of the album could have been accomplished if you just swapped that order around. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Be- because the big secret of Coheed and Cambria albums is it's not like these songs are telling the story in sequential order all nope. the time. No, nope. <laughs> no, no. Very, especially not good Apollo 1. Yeah. It is all out of order. Yeah, and even, I mean, the early albums are a bigger culprit of that, but, you know, sometimes, and again, I haven't read the book that came with this because I didn't get the deluxe edition necessarily, Mm -hmm. but I get the feeling that there's no harm in just putting songs wherever they fit best in an album order. Yeah. Like this is an album that even though it does ride that mid tempo, it still flows very well. Yeah. Plus if the music video is to be believed, old flames is actually like how the story starts. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, (laughs) it may as well be the last song. It may as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's man. And this is like a fucking, this is going to be five albums long (laughs) yep (laughs) oh my god what are you kids doing (laughs) whatever they want to (laughs) yeah like now they they have that roadrunner money hopefully they don't get completely fucked over because roadrunner is a fucking dumpster fire of a record label yeah that's really like what i'm so worried about is like well like when i read that they had signed with roadrunner i was just like (gasps) oh no it's like why it's like why don't you just sign with fucking SST Records? Yeah, like ouch. Yeah. For those of you who may not know, that's the record label that the guy from Black Flag runs and he's never paid anybody the money he owes them. Yep. Which is why he's gotten the shit suit out of him by both Sonic Youth and the Bad Brains. The yep. bands with money to sue him. Yeah, they have the fucking money to do it. So <laughs> fuck off, motherfucker. And Dinosaur Jr. Yeah. 
his his reach goes long. Anyway, let's listen to some old flames. A Favor House Atlantic Part Two. I was I always say it was like a Favor House Atlantic slash Blood Red Summer. It does have some. It does have some non-vocable syllables. <laughs>
na 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 na. You gotta end your songs with na 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 out because you gotta get the audience singing. That's that's what yeah. that's the secret there. It's like you yep. end the show. You end the show with old flames, and then you get everybody singing and you send them home feeling good. But no, then you're gonna come back out and you're gonna do welcome home again. I know what you're gonna well, do. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I can blame them at this point. Yeah, it's just like their fucking encore is always the same though. I mean, the cup. I've seen them a bunch at this point. Mm-hmm. I will say that the three-song encore always ends with "Welcome Home," except when it was the you know never-ender show for "Good Apollo Volume One." Yeah. And then I think the oh, the ending was actually in keeping secrets. In keeping secrets, yeah. But it's kind of like Nine Inch Nails. Only once have I ever seen them not end with hurts. Yeah, like it's it's kind of a staple. It's a song that fucking everybody knows, and like the crowd always seems to love it, and they still seem to have fun playing it. So, yeah. so long as they're not sick of it, I guess that's fine. Yeah. Now, hurt was the second to last song that time. The last one was in this Twilight, which is the only time I've ever seen that song. That that's a real good song. Yeah, they should play it more often, or you know. Don't play covers of boring David Bowie songs and like half of Bad Witch. Thank you, God. Somebody else said it. Dishonorable mention. Boom. (laughs) Sorry, Trent. I don't think you have it anymore, Trent. Please get it back. (laughs) So uh, I'll 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 wrap things up. I'll I'll break down my ten to one, and then Taylor will do the same, and then we'll get out of your hair for the year. So my number 10 is Muse Simulation Theory. Number 9, Judas Priest's Firepower. Number 8, JPEG Mafia's Veteran. Number 7, Ice Nine Kills the Silver Scream. Number 6, Hawk Haken Vector. Number 5, Death Grips Year of the Snitch. Number 4, Coating Cameras Vaxus. Eh, words, man. Yeah. Number, number four, Creating Cambria's Vaxus Act One, The Unheavenly Creatures. You try to get that out in one breath. <laughs> number three, Janelle Bonet's Dirty Computer. Number two, Prickel by Ghost. And number one, Denzel Curry's Taboo. And my top ten of 2018, official forever, is Haken Vector. Number nine, Jesus Peace, Only Self. Number eight, Vane, Error Zone. Number seven, Anal Nathrock, A New Kind of Horror. Number six, Hemis, Desolation. Number five, Cult of a Dying Sun by Iwata. Number four, Electric Messiah by High on Fire. Number three, Janelle Monet's Dirty Computer. Number two, Precal by Ghost. And number one, Vaxisac One, The Unheavenly Creatures by Coheed and Cambria. That is a solid list. Can't go wrong with any of those albums, I don't think. Nope, I think we have some pretty solid top tens. Pretty damn solid year for music. I hope 2019's got some more good shit in store, and we'll catch you again next year, no doubt, when we're doing this again, and 23-year-olds are probably doing better things than us. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll actually have a job by this time next year, so... (laughs) Hey, it'll be... Wow, it'll be like... You'll you'll be too busy even to to come here. You'll have to email it to me, and I'll have to I'll have to put on my best Taylor voice and imitate you. You think lawyers work on the weekends? I don't know. Maybe mine. Does. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I I need my weekends, and I don't like taking work home with me. So, <laughs> dang, you're not gonna be on retainer then. Shit. Uh. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the. I don't know the fuck I'm gonna do. 
but it's going to be something. <laughs> It'll be 365 days later. We'll, we'll find out how this exciting story concludes next year. Next year, when Papa Roach finally drops that breakthrough album they've always been looking for. Oh, yeah. Like, if the new single is anything to go by, I think we're in for a real barn burner. Listen to more yep. Death Grips. Yeah.